Greetings, boys and ghouls, and welcome to Freaky Friday. This week, we continue our Friday the 13th deep dive into the series that defined horror and slasher movies for the modern era. What is Jason Voorhees up to this week? Tune in and find out as we take a deep dive into Friday the 13th. The final chapter. <laughs> yeah, boy. We'll get this right. Yeah, yeah. You know what? We'll we'll get this right. We will eventually. We're four parts into this fucking thing, and we still can't get the fucking thing right. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we got Jaws and Indy pretty good, so I, I think we're doing okay. Yeah, we're doing all right. I mean, we still got what five or six parts to go, so I'm sure we'll get it right out in one of those. Seven, if you count Freddy versus. <laughs> yeah, true that. True that. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, what, what's going down, bro? Oh, dude, dude. I mean, it's 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 kind of cool. I mean, you know, speaking of Friday the Thirteenth, which is all about lots of death. I was um, listening to Megadeth this morning, and it just struck me what a fucking great album euthanasia was euthanasia is a very underestimated album um well no no i shouldn't say that because you know metal fans fucking know how awesome that album is i was just it was just like do you ever have that thing where you like you know you're just listening to an album that you haven't listened to in a little while yeah but you, you you know it's an album you love and then you just like listening to it and it just hits you like Fuck, this is a banger. Like, this is really just a fucking great <laughs> record. Yeah, it's a it's an album that's just consistent. And, um, you know, I mean, it just defines once again why Dave Mustaine is that fucking good. I mean, great vocals, great guitarist, backed by, always backed by killer musicians in his band. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, Megadeth, it's like, I kind of feel like... Um, you know, they they're kind of like Slayer for me because yeah, kind of like Megadeth have never changed. Like, no, no, for their story. Well, it's kind and of the thing like where you, you listen to it and you know what you're going to get. Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah, no shock been, horror. You know, I know there's been some like some critiques of Metallica over the years where it's like you know, oh, you know, they kind of went a bit pussy and. Yeah, you know, there's, there's been some albums that have been a bit. Yeah, I mean, look, I maintain Sad Anger is great live. Yeah, uh, way better than it is on. <laughs> but again, you know, like that album is is great too, man. You know, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about Sad Anger at some point. But man, like everyone rips on it, and yeah, I mean, live it it rocks, but on yeah. record it just kind of went. Yeah, what happened with that snare drum? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm like, I mean, you know, when I first heard it, I was like, is Lars drumming on paintings? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't want to get that shit because I'm, look, I'm sure Lars stays awake at night worrying about what I fucking think about his drumming, you know? Yeah, he yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does, actually. I, I've heard it. <laughs> um, I have it on good authority. He does. Uh, I'm sure he's like, you know, crying into his piles of money and uh, <laughs> you know, supermodel girlfriend going, fuck, Jake didn't like my drumming. On you know, you know, you know, Jake, Jake just, he says such mean things about me, man. You know, it just, it just really hurts my feelings, man. <laughs> hand me that, he's hand like, me that hundred dollar bill, baby. He's plunging into that, you know, 10 minute, fuck, fuck. I, I look, I, I think I've worked out the conspiracy behind St. Anger. I think what happened is they polished off this killer album, went, sent it to mastering, and Morrissey sent some of his mi- minions in and they fucking sabotaged the recordings at the last minute right before they went to print. I reckon that's what happened. 
entirely possible. Yeah, I, I think a lot of what is wrong with music today, blame Morrissey. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's entirely possible. It's he's like, kind of yeah. like the spectre of, of music. Yeah, he's like Dr. Claw, but less Dr. cool. Dr. Claw, yeah, yeah, way less cool. But no, no, he, he, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a pussy because he he is the pussy, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. He probably doesn't like stroke a cat or anything like that because he's probably like fucking allergic to cat fur or some. Fucking <laughs> yeah. It is some wimpy ass bullshit with with the moz, as I've heard him called. Yeah, Wimp- the moz. It works. It, I think that totally works as a nickname because I saw that and I was like, the moz, fuck off. But yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, no. It works because mosquitoes suck and are annoying. Morrissey also sucks and is annoying. Yeah. So it actually works really well. It's like, congratulations, dude. You nicknamed yourself the perfect fucking thing. Mm. And he's kind of like mosquito, you know, yeah. so they're fucking annoying. So you just want to bitch slap him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like, mm. yeah. And if, if uh, I mean, I, I live for the day that Morrissey tries to like land on my arm or something in a swim, mm. like, you know, the, the pimp hand will be strong. <laughs> just bam. Well, I, I think the ultimate solution is you just fucking drive a nine inch nail deep into his fucking skull. Oh God, I live for the day. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Trent is going to deliver the final blow, man. It's going to be fucking epic. It needs to be a thing. It, it's 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 it's, it's, like, it's going to be like that that moment in the uh, original Stan TV movie where the finger of God just comes down upon the fucking the bad guy. Yeah. We've so got to talk about that one day because ah oh, yeah, that was, good. That was yeah so yeah. Good. <laughs> It'll happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, today we're, we're going to 1984, dude. Yep, continuing our fucking epic series. Oh, uh, and this, this, this is a good one. Yeah, th- this is 1984's Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. <laughs> Which you is like you know, hilarious to say when we've got like six more fucking parts. In this I series. know. <laughs> I mean, this is this is this is an interesting thing, man. Because I quite often, I, I probably should read online the the hows and the whys of why it's called the final chapter when it's not. Um, yeah, it's quite interesting. And, and it's interesting too, because it brings back Tom Savini, yes. uh, who, who came back for the sole purpose of killing off Jason. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I dude, I fucking absolutely love this one. And I, you know, I think this one is one of those ones. that's an absolute fan favorite. And it is. Yeah. See why. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that is not only Tom Savini coming back, which is just fucking bam, chef's kiss. It is chef's um, kiss. But Tommy Jarvis, man, like, you know, you've got a character in here. Um, and, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, I'll, I'll uh, give a quick plot summary. Jason wakes up in a morgue the day after. This is apparently set the day after the last Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Part three. This technically, this movie should be Saturday the fourteenth. <laughs> you know, you're right. <laughs> if we want to split hairs, but, um, but maybe Jason's working on international time. Yeah, well, yeah. Hey, man, it's always Friday the thirteenth somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> see, and, uh, so Jason wakes up in a morgue. You know, goes fuck. I want to go back to Crystal Lake and kill some people. Uh, a group of teens show up to Crystal Lake to party, which you know. As I always do. Do we even need to add that part into our plot summaries? <laughs> uh, but also there is a uh, brother and sister who are staying uh, next door or across the town. I didn't actually watch the movie this week, but I feel like I know it so well. I yeah, 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 same. I didn't just didn't get a chance. Um, yeah, brother and sister. The younger the younger sibling is a brother played by Corey Feldman named Tommy Jarvis, who is a massive horror fan. Um, Coincidentally. Uh, which I think was a really good addition because it really, I think it really gave, you know, fans of the series like a character that they could see themselves in. It's like, you know, this little kid's totally into fucking horror. He loves Fangoria. He likes doing monster masks. Mm. It's mm. like, he's like essentially like if you made like baby Tom Savini. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like with his character, um, his character is kind of the, the, uh, what happens when 
you've created a series that's gone on like Friday the 13th, you know, three, three movies in, add to that Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the thing and everything else that's come. And, you know, kids are just fucking lapping this shit up and yeah. all hooked on special effects. Yeah. So let's give them a character that they can all relate to, you know? Yeah, totally, dude, totally. Yeah. And I, I really feel like, you know, Tommy Jarvis represents like, um, you know, it's like, the, the, you know, you had Tom Savini's like who grew up like, you know, in the, the 50s and 60s and that and were like full on into like the Universal Monsters and, mm. you know, the Rick Bakers and that. They yeah, absolutely. Really into that stuff as kids. And, you know, Tommy's sort of the new generation that's kind of like grown up on, you know, slashes and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff like that and is really fucking into it. So, like, and yeah, video games too. Yeah, man. Like, he's got, you know, he's into Fangoria, like all that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, he's that typical kid that we all fucking just love. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. And I really feel like he gives this franchise its first sort of. Um, like a fucking Nancy Thompson. Yeah, absolutely. Hellraiser. Yeah, like it, it. He's kind of like the first, you know, returning kind of final girl. Final yeah, girl he has except of course he's a final boy. Um, yeah, well, that's it. I mean, you don't see many of those in the movies, and I, I still think he's probably one of the definitive final person characters. Oh man, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you, you'd kind of talk to any Friday fan and it's like, you know, oh, hey, who's your favorite non-Jason character? Most people are going to say Tommy. Yeah. He, he showed up for three films played by three different people. Mm. <laughs> we'll get to this next week, but there's some weird <laughs> fucking time gap shit. Yeah, there's some bizarre like, shit, man. There's yeah. some. There's some fucking temporal Doc Brown and Marty must have fucking driven through Crystal Lake bullshit going on. Yeah, man, totally. <laughs> yeah, no, man, like Tommy's, Tommy's just such a great character. And, um, you know, I feel like he's almost, I feel like he's almost a bit of a homage to Tom Savini, I guess. I think so too. It's, it's like, I, I yeah. totally picked up on that. Like, you know, he's kind of like a, Hey, like, you know, Tom Savini's so cool. Like, let's do like him as a kid, but in Crystal Lake. Absolutely. And, and it, it's kind of a weird thing, you know, like, um, it's weird to see how this plays out because, you know, as we mentioned before, you know, like Tom Savini, you know, needs no introduction. I mean, he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest fucking special effects makeup artists in the world oh, yeah, who worked yeah. on the first film and returning because <laughs> primarily to help kill off Jason, who he helped create, yeah. you know? So he wanted to be like dad Yeah, gave birth to this guy and this guy. Yeah. Um, and it was originally scheduled to be released in October, but it was pushed up to April 13th of 1984, which is kind of funny. So, um, blitz the box office without a doubt, uh, but we don't need to get into that because, I mean, honestly, who gives a fuck about box office? I don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, but um, yeah, look, I mean, it was, it was the, the funny part is this is billed as the final chapter, but because I, I got a strong feeling because of the success of this film, Hollywood or the production powers that be just going, ooh, we can make another one out of this. Yeah, Fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude, that's that's the thing, man. It was like, you know, uh, <laughs> it was just kind of like, uh, you know, oh, oh, wait, wait, there's gold in them, the crystal lake. <laughs> we should call it gold lake. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like any horror franchise, it's like it's the final chapter until it makes a shitload of money and then there's like, you know, 30 more of them. <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? And it's an interesting one, man, because like you say, it picks up right where number three finishes with Jason getting that axe to the head. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but if I got an axe to the head, I wouldn't be getting up in a hurry. <clears throat> and oh, Jason well, doesn't. You know, no, you, you know, you'd take a minute. You'd have a bit of a yeah. I actually really enjoy that sequence in the hospital um, where, you know, comes to in the morgue. You don't see him wake up or anything like that. Yeah. He just magically appears. Yeah, I feel that that was a bit, um, 
I don't know about you. Like, did mm. you feel that was a bit Halloween two ish? I was, dude, peas in a pod moment once again. Um, I felt exactly the same way. I felt like this is very reminiscent. Yeah, right. It's mm. very, it's very much. I felt like it was very much a nod to Halloween two. Like, I, really I really think so, man. Vibe. Yeah, I, I feel like they were, you know, all buddy buddy, you know, um, yeah, just yeah, because I mean. Halloween 2 did come out in 1982, so Ooh. it was prior. So I feel like this is kind of a nod to number two. It, was, it wasn't trying to one-up it or anything. It was just kind of a high-five moment. Well, it's it sort of feels like a bit of a Friday the 13th tradition because it's like, you know, I mean, we all know like Sean Cunningham basically went like, oh, hey, Halloween made money. I want to mm. make money. Ah, oh, slap the yeah. film. I'm yeah. the film. Halloween's on a date. Hmm. What's a date? Friday the 13th. Spooky. <laughs> Let's do that. So it kind of feels like it's a bit of a tradition for Friday the 13th to kind of give a bit of a nod and a wink and a tip of the hat to Halloween. Yeah. So that hospital sequence feels very much, you know, in that vein. And that, and that um, death sequence in the morgue is fucking great. Spoiler yeah. alert. I mean, uh, I love, I love Axel, the coroner. He's great. I wonder if, um, yeah, I wonder if Axel Rose uh, borrowed that name. I don't know. Yeah, Just yeah. Co- coincidence, man. You never know. Yeah, but I, I love, I love the coroner because you know the thing about Friday Thirteenth, the series, as we discover in each movie, is you got to have comedy relief at some point. Oh yeah, dude, absolutely. And Axel delivers that in yeah. spades, man. Like he's a hor- typical horny young fucking. Yeah. Poor guy, right? Like, yeah. eats his fucking cream-filled donut, dumps it on fucking Jason's body as that as it gets delivered to the morgue. Yeah, <laughs> licking his fingers. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, H and S is gonna love you, buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. and then fucking yeah, and then he's got his fucking little VCR of fucking um butt aerobics going on in the in the fucking morgue. <laughs> I mean, the, the guy like, oh, living the you, dream. You, you you predated aerobics Oz style, like, yeah. Like, and for for our international listeners, because apparently we have them, aerobics <laughs> Oz style was a program that used to air in Australia every morning from about five a.m. to six a.m. And every single guy our age would always catch the ass end of it. No pun intended. <laughs> Because we were getting up to watch our cartoons as kids. And <laughs> before our cartoons, we were faced with, you know, very attractive 80s women with the big hair in, you know, sometimes in very, very scantily clad aerobics outfits mm-hmm. or just spandex and lycra thrusting their gear at the beach and doing their stretches and shit. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, for a lot of us, it was just like, oh, you know, I'm sick of this. Like, just put the cartoons on. And then, you know, after a couple of years, it was like, oh, this ain't so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Add to that is... Um, so that is, aerobics porn was a thing in the 80s. It really was. And and it's well personified by Axel in this sequence. And uh, add to that is fucking Midnight Rendezvous with the Night Nurse as well. Yeah. Um, it's banging hot, and yeah, uh, yeah it's um it leads to a fucking grisly fucking murder scene involving a hacksaw and a scalpel. I feel like I don't know about you, man, but I feel like horror films kind of like really heightened my expectations for what working a night job would be like. Yeah, absolutely, and, dude. You know, I, I always felt a little bit disappointed that the night jobs that I've had, like you know, for ten years or more. There were never any hot co-workers that you could, like, sneak off to the broom closet with. There were never Fuck any no. axe murderers. You couldn't sit down and, like, eat a cream bun and watch a rodeo style. Like, I, I feel so disappointed. Like, I'm working yeah. a long night job, man. Dude, hot chicks, man. I mean, look, I'm not I'm not having a dig. I'm not doing anything politically incorrect, right? This is the time, right? I feel like all them girls were... You know, getting their beauty sleep like any any hot girl back then would. Yep. Period. Yep. Okay. And um, yeah, but 
one can dream and thank fuck for franchises like Friday the 13th that deliver us this wonderful fucking fantasy world where hot nurses do work at, at the midnight hour. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I, I really kind of feel like um, the group of teens that yeah. we get, the victims in this movie, are probably the best ones we've had and most memorable since the first one. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to roll with, in agreement on that one. Um, I yeah. mean, you know, for starters, we've got Crispin Glover. Marty <laughs> oh, dude. And Isn't he great? Fucking absolutely that shit insane dance sequence he does, which like is just a thing of fucking beauty to behold. Yeah, you know, like everyone goes on about Wednesday Adams fucking dance sequence in the TV yeah. series right now, yeah. but dude, nah, yeah. Chris better be like, hold yeah. my beer. Yeah, Jim, Jimmy's dance sequence in Friday the Thirteenth Part Four is a the, thing it's, of legend. It really is. It's completely legendary personified. It's just fucking remarkably good. Yeah, yeah. I, I I urge anyone if you can't be fucked watching the movie, at least YouTube yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just I'm, watch that. Going to say exactly the same thing. Like if you haven't seen it, just hit pause, go to YouTube, watch it right now. It is. Yeah probably a minute or two minutes of your life that you will cherish forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you'll probably share it on your fucking, your reels or your social medias, whatever it is, fucking is. Um, you know, because you'll think it's that cool that you think the rest of the world thinks it's cool. Um, yeah. But he, Jimmy's death's great in it as well. Like, oh, again, yeah. all hail Tom Savini for these death scenes. Yeah, man. Well, like Jimmy's death scene is kind of because the, the really cool thing I found about this movie is like you you really do get to like the characters. Like even Teddy, you do, like, he's yeah, a stoner and a fuck up and kind of a dickhead, but you kind of love him. Yeah, like, you know that whole sequence where he's watching like the old like you know nineteen forty stag film and just like giggling his ass off at it is hilarious. But with with Jimmy's death scene in particular, it's kind of like you kind of spend a lot of time in this movie, like really kind of feeling sorry for the guy. Cause he's obviously, you know, he's had a rough breakup. He's, you know, going to the lake with his friends, you know, his best friend's Teddy, who's just kind of a jackass. He's just like giving him shit and telling him his ex-girlfriend thought he was a dud fuck and all this sort of mm. shit. And yeah, he finally scores with this chick who really likes him. And you're like, it's kind of like a bit of a sweet moment where they're sitting there and, you know, kind of that whole like, Oh, look, young love. And then the poor bastard walks downstairs and gets a fucking corkscrew through the hand and a meat cleaver to the head. <laughs> yeah, it was good. And man. Like, oh, Crispin, like, look, you, you you couldn't dance worth a shit, but I don't think you deserved that. <laughs> nah, nah. Yeah, there was um, yeah, there was there was some there was some crazy moments in this one. Um, I got to say, one of the crazy moments that left me sort of gobsmacked was um the Moore twins. Oh yeah, yeah. Camilla yeah. and Carrie. Uh, yeah. I was just like, "Holy shit, where'd they come from?" I mean, here's here's the fucking the, the car of of our helpless teens approaching the fucking site, and oh, lo and behold, there's two hot fucking twins on bike push bikes. <laughs> you know, going, "Oh hey, we're going to the lake too. Come with us." The hilarious thing is, it's like you could pretty much. I, I think it's like if you took like an '80s porn film and like the the drive into Crystal Lake from Friday the 13th Part 4. Yeah. The opening of a porn film and that drive into Crystal Lake, fairly interchangeable. It's like, well, it's like, like remember, remember Detroit Rock City where it's like, yeah, oh, this, that's how horror movies start. Yeah, but that's also how porno movies start. Yeah. It's like they fucking, they're in the lake and they all go, hey, let's get nude. Yeah. It's like, is there some magical fucking... I, I'm coming to the conclusion that there's some mystical force in the lake that compels all teens to remove their clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like some sort of like horny spore in the air or something. Yeah, dude. Yeah, like all the every movie without fail, the kids jump in the lake. Oh, let's get nude. Yep. <laughs> I just yeah, yeah. without like. It, it, yeah, man, like, you're absolutely right. It's like, you know, they're driving into Crystal Lake and it's just like, oh, hey, there's two hot teens just riding a push bike. 
do they live nearby? We have no fucking idea. No. There's two hot twin girls who are just like, hi guys, do you want to come to the lake and party? (laughs) And let's, let's also, let's also um, note that geographically speaking, this location is kind of out in the middle of butt fuck nowhere. Yeah. So town is miles away. So I don't know about you, but you know, the girls aren't breaking a sweat and yet they mystically appear like this going, Hey, we just yeah. happen to be right near the lake. Yeah, it's like, has Jason got like a hot chick clone farm or something? I, I wonder, man. I think there's more to Jason than meets the eye. Yeah. Like, I mean, is, is Mr. Sinister like, you know, got a facility buried under Crystal Lake that he's just like sending clones up there to like, yeah, bait, bait, lure some teens. Let's just keep this fucking guy off my back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, the other thing that's interesting too is um, the, char- the character Rob, who's um, who enters the the, the plot to uh, who's on a quest to avenge the death of his sister. Yeah, Which who was one of the victims in number two. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was a really fucking cool addition. Like, I really like that, and I feel that that's something that they kind of borrowed from for the reboot when mm. they had yeah. to roll him into town looking yep. for his sister. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a really cool addition, and his death is pretty brutal as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not even so much like I think the thing that's really brutal about his death is not so much like that you see anything, but it's like when Jason's fucking him up, and he's just like, "Oh God, he's killing me! He's killing me!" It's just yeah. like he kind of sells that really well, and you're just kind of like, "Oh, dude, that's rough." Like, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty gruesome, man. Well, uh, I think it's also like I mean, you know, your, your mileage may vary, but I think it's also kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, especially in the eighties. Um, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I know the first time I watched this, like as an eighties kid who'd grown up on like you know the dude rolls into town on a quest for vengeance, like you know, <laughs> they 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 killed his sister, but they won't kill Chuck Norris. You're kind of used to like seeing that dude get a bit of his own back. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, he's on a quest. He's going to fuck Jason's shit up because he killed his sister. And it's like, he doesn't get to do that at all. He just gets fucking massacred. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, his, his righteous vengeance just goes completely unsatisfied and he just gets fucked up. And it's just like, wow, that's kind of, you know, not expected, especially in an 80s movie, you know? Mm, absolutely yeah it was it was an interesting twist man i mean this film is memorable in the sense of it's just got so many unique twists and turns in it that you just you're really drawn to it like everything we've mentioned so far you know from um you know from the magic of tom savini's special effects makeup the twins the nudity at the lake um jason's fucking glorious fucking kill sequences uh yeah dancing. <laughs> and yeah crispin glover's incredible dancing I'm, I'm just reading a quick fact um on the set he was actually dancing to acdc's back in black but then they dubbed lion's song love is a lie over that in the finished film and, and the hilarious thing is, like, neither one of those works for that dance sequence. Yeah. It, it's it's just like, I mean, I, I don't know how to describe the dance sequence if you haven't seen it. It's it's like someone, like, I don't know, grabbed a downed power line and tucked it under his nutsack or something like that. The dude is just going mental. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, the, the thing is, it's like um, his dance partner who's genuinely bewildered. Like that is not fucking acting. She is actually bewildered on camera. Um, and she quotes in, in this, um, sequence, she says, I'm supposed to be the shy demure kind of wall, like wallflower. And he's dancing so crazily. I was just watching him alarmed. I think I pretty much acted exactly how I was feeling, which was like, what the flip is going on here? And, and apparently it was one of many Crispin Glover is so crazy moments. Apparently, there's one where he forced to shut down in filming until his toy yellow submarine could be retrieved from the lake. Yeah, that like, I, dude, what heard, the fuck? I've heard a lot of Crispin Glover's a bit fucking 
out there stories. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's some from Back to the Future. There's some from, like, he is a very interesting... Eccentric <laughs> gentleman, from, yeah. From all accounts. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he definitely adds to the charm of what makes this film so memorable. And, and you're right. The, the teens in this film are probably the most memorable in the series. Like they, um, to date, like they just fucking, they rock in comparison to the previous three. Yeah. These guys have personality. They're fucking cool. Yeah. I feel like these ones are like the most memorable ones since the first. Mm. Uh, Like, you know, it's like, and that's not like a slam at two or three because it's like, I mean. No, they're all great. With number three, it was like very much a cannon fodder thing. It was just like, you know, here's here's meat for Jason to grind. Pretty much. Uh, Whereas I really feel like the teens in part four, like, you know, you've got them, you've got Tommy Jarvis, you've got a uh, homeboy on his revenge mission. Um, you know, it just, it's really a great mix of like, and it's weird to say, cause it's like, like we're only four movies in and there's been like one of these every year since like 19 fucking 80. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, this is kind of like a mix of like everything sort of classic that works about Friday the 13th with a couple of new little things thrown in. And I really think this is like one of the best films of the series. Um, It's like, this is like, if you'd heard about Friday the 13th on the playground and shit like that, um, you know, this is one of those movies where it's like, if this was the first one you watched, it would be exactly what you thought it was. Mm. Absolutely. Um, which is which was sort of my experience with number seven, um, except there was some telekinetic chick in there. I was like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's 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 every it's like it's got like really inventive, gory kills. Jason's a big scary dude, you know, there's characters in there you can relate to, there's a lot of teens, you know, smoking weed and getting drunk and getting naked and getting laid. Um, and you know, there's also crazy fucking dancing, which is, you know, kind of cool. Um, yeah, there's, there's really a lot to love about it. And, um, yeah. And, and, and of course, you know, going back to Corey Feldman's character, you know, little Tommy is, um, yeah, like his, his whole trope in this is fucking amazing right down to the, you know, fucking shaving of his head to look like a young Jason. Man, you gotta give like props to Corey Feldman. Um, I, I look, I really like Corey Feldman. I know he's kind of an interesting dude. Uh, yeah, not quite as interesting as Crispin Glover and his weird dancing in Yellow Submarines, but um, you you gotta give him like, man, he was great in this movie, and that performance at the end there, like, I just that moment where he, you know, Jason sort of comes back to life after he's, you know, gotten a fucking machete to the head and Tommy just goes completely batshit mm. on him. And then you see him hugging his sister. And it's like that look that Corey Feldman does with his eyes. It's just like, Oh, he's broke. It's like, yeah. There's a lot it. of speculation about that sequence, isn't it? Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's a big topic of conversation amongst the uh, fan community. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I mentioned on a previous episode that, um, you know, that particular sequence uh, in an interview with Corey Feldman, he talked about, you know, during the filming of that film, um, there was heavy discussion about a follow-up sequel involving Tommy um, with Corey Feldman. And he helped him came up with this really cool idea, bringing him back and, and you know, expanding on that, that sequence. Um, and it just, yeah, like, I don't know. It just left a lot of question marks in people's minds. Yeah. Well, it's just the, the, the look that Corey gives, uh, when, you know, Tommy's hugging his sister and they're having that, it's all over. We're so Mm, mm. Is just a look of like, oh, he's fucking, you know, to, to paraphrase with mail and I, his mechanism's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's fucking, he's just snapped a bit yeah. and yeah it's kind of like you you sort of just going oh that kid's gonna need some fucking therapy a lot of therapy um mm. but yeah I, I don't know man i and i know which you know we'll talk about next week with part five i know part five is 
fairly divisive because it's sort of not really a Jason film, but kind of, you know, it's a Friday the 13th film, but they kind of tried to do a bit of a, ooh, is it Jason? Is it someone else? Blah, 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 blah. You know, that well, was, yeah, that's the big question, isn't it? Which of, I know yeah. there was a lot of like script kind of like last minute, like, fuck, this isn't working. Do this kind of shit added in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I always thought it would be cool if Tommy came back. Like I always, even if they did like a legacy sort of sequel thing now. Well, I, I mean, Cor- cool. Corey Feldman's still young enough and active enough to be involved yeah. in a potential yeah. sequel. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I would love to see, I, I think many fans would love to see, yeah, a legacy film of sorts with Corey Feldman back in the South. Yeah, I've I've always thought like it would be so great to have um you know, it would be so great to have like you know, Tommy come back for Friday the thirteenth. I'd love to see Alice and Jacob come back for Nightmare in Elm Street, which I'm sure we'll get to with yeah. like you know, it would be just really fucking cool to have, you know, to utilize some of these characters, um, especially like, you know, Corey Feldman's fucking great, man. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, he probably would have been a bit too young at the time to do part five since it came out. Like, yeah, well, and, and, and there is a lot of discrepancies with the timeline of the films, but... I don't know, man. It it just is what it is, right? That's the thing, bro. Like, you can't you can't go into Friday the Thirteenth like as a series. Um, I am positive there is some really dedicated and ingenious fan out there who has actually sat down and worked out the timeline in a way. Hundred percent, hundred percent. For me, it's like I probably, you know, I, I like to kind of do that with movies. I like to kind of like, you know, do a bit of a mental like, you know, hey, Highlander works really well as a series if you just ignore like the last minute of number two or a bit <laughs> of a, this happens or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with Friday the 13th, man, I've always just kind of just gone, ah, fuck it. I, I don't go into these movies looking for logic. I go in there to have a good time and they always deliver. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's it's like... You know, the Friday the 13th films follow a very simple formula. Um, sex, drugs, death. Yeah. Period. You yeah. know? Um, I, I've got to quickly mention that fucking the, the, the stoner in the fucking film. I mean, every Friday the 13th film, we've got a fucking stoner of some description. <laughs> and this one is fucking great. I gotta say, fucking chef's kiss to this guy's performance. The poor bastard, Casanova not, tries to give fucking Crispin Glover fucking love advice. Yeah. Uh, and inevitably, fucking his, his own fucking skills just fall flat. Yeah. Um, and proceeds to find a fucking bunch of old fucking film of... Um, Good old, old, good old Teddy. Yeah, good old Teddy and his fucking uh, topless lady film... Uh, black and white films and yeah he's drinking beer and getting more and more stoned and <laughs> it's just great the thing i love about the, the thing i love about teddy is just like he just kind of like he tries to be a bit of a player yeah and sucks at it so you want to kiss teddy him. <laughs> he just kind of resigns himself to like uh fuck it i'm gonna watch these like porn films from the 40s and yeah. just drink beer and get fucking ripped and just giggle <laughs> for the entire fucking night i mean it's gold dude it is absolute comedy gold like right down to his fucking pickup line you know like holding the teddy bear going you want to kiss teddy you know, yeah like just yeah like i don't know i felt like his character was a little bit of genius man it really yeah, was yeah. no he was great man and that's the thing like again another memorable character and also um you know i, I feel like before we, before we, you know, finish talking about this one, mm. we've got to give props to Jason's decorating skills. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's like Jason gets a bit creative in this movie. Like he doesn't just, you know, kill poor old Crispin Glover. He uh, strings him up to the fucking door. <laughs> right. Decorates. He's like, oh, I'm going to kill this fucker. But oh, I think I'll just like nail him spread eagle to a fucking yeah i mean it's like it's like jason's kind of watched a bit of fucking um whatever the america's version of better homes and gardens was back then and just gone hmm i like that i think i'll add to that 
I'll put my own spin on it. Yeah, you can, you, you can just kind of picture, you know, good old Jason sort of sitting there. He's like, he's killed everyone in the house. He's like, oh, you know, there's probably going to be some chick running this way in her underwear soon because they always do that. Yeah. Uh, I, might, I might just dress the place up a bit. Like, you know, if I hang, hang a corpse over there, maybe a head in this, uh, <laughs> a head over here in this fucking pot plant. Like, you know, sort of bit of, bit of spice the place up, you know, decorate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, man. It's fucking genius, dude. But I, um, I also feel that, um, you know, it, it, all, all joking aside, I feel like that was also a bit of a Halloween nod. Like, you yes. know, just like Michael pinning the dude to the wall. It's like, oh, Jason's, you know, going to go one better and fucking nail the guy to the doorway. <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. I feel like... You know, whether they're trying to compete with Halloween or they're just paying respect to Halloween, there's a lot of similarities in the, the you know, a lot of the kills, um, you know, just the, the ideas, the ideology behind this film. Um, it's, 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 yeah, it's genius. I, I, I dig it. I think it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Well, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like maybe on Thorn Cunningham's level, there's a competitiveness with Halloween. Mm. Um you know, because he's often said, like, you know, he wanted to, like, you know, do better than Halloween and go bigger and all that. But I feel like from the filmmakers, um, you know, because, I mean, you know, Cunningham as a producer is like, you know, we're going to make more money than Halloween. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> producers do, um, you know. But I feel like from the filmmakers, it it's very much feels like a loving homage to Halloween. It's like a loving, like, you know, hey, you know what? You came first, you set the fucking standard, like everything we're doing is building on, you know, the foundations you laid out. So yeah, here's a bit of a tip of the hat and you know, you guys rule. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's it's it really like it's it's a well done movie. This movie follows from start to finish really well. Um, I love the continuity of it going from number three. I love yeah. the little had the drive-by stop at the cemetery to see Pamela Voorhees' grave, yeah. um, you know, uh, and then the, you know, the hitchhiker inevitably, you know, succumbing to Jason, you know, like some of the, the Crystal Lake. Yeah, you do not. It's a big fucking rookie error. It's like, it's the quickest way, like, you know, if, you, if you're feeling a bit sad and, you know, just kind of, you know, you've listened to one too many Morrissey records and think, fuck it, I'm going to jump off something high. Don't bother. Just go hitchhiking Crystal Lake. You'll be dead before you fucking know yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, man. Mm. But, um, yeah, the, 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 um, the, the one thing that I kind of was a little, um, I don't know, a bit uncertain with was um, just the knowledge of Jason, the folklore of Jason to these kids. Like, yeah, that, that's the question I've got to ask is like, how did they, I don't know, was it was a coincidence when they stopped to look at the gravestone and go, oh, OK. Um, and I don't know. And, and then, of course, Tommy, how did he know so much about Jason? Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, I, I feel I like... hate to be that nerd. No, 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 no. But it, it's it's true. It's like the, the continuity. It's weird with this movie. It. it conversely sort of feels like it's fairly continuity heavy because it does follow directly on from mm. the last one. There are references to number two in there and stuff like that. Mm. But the timeline of the Friday, the 13th movies just does not really add up. Cause it's like, uh, Jason's been like active for what, two years at this point. Yeah. They're knocking people off. And like his folklore is like, Oh yeah, he's been here for centuries. Like sort of shit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like everyone sort of knows about him, even though he hasn't been doing his thing that long. Like, you can understand people knowing about Pamela Voorhees, like that being a thing. You can yeah. Like, oh, yeah, Jason Ground. But the fact that, like, you know, oh, yeah, Jason comes back and just fucks people up. Uh, it's like. Well, mm. I mean, this is the thing. You, you got to remember the timeline, too. This is the early 80s. Internet is. is basically pretty not even a sperm cell at that point no um and and like you know so the the knowledge is you know you know any sort any sort of um folktale that the kids might hear when they get into town which they don't um and you know if they read anything in the newspapers uh 
it yeah. would very much be. I mean, you know, this is this is the thing. Like, you know, uh, I mean, it was way more. I think I feel like it. You know, the urban legend sort of phenomenon was a bit more prevalent in America in the eighties than it was here in Australia. It was, yeah. But, you know, although there were sort of you know trickles of it in Australia, but you you would kind of like think that anything Jason related would be a bit of an urban legend. And usually it takes urban legends, especially, you know, in the eighties, years to spread because mm. it's like, you know, it's kind of, you know, oh my sister knew a guy who knew a cousin in Niagara Falls who had a pimple that turned out to be a nest of spiders. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, oh my my brother's sister's cousin in Canada like drank pop rocks and coke and died. Like Wow. Yeah, that, that sort of shit. But, um, you know, it, it's kind of like, wow, Jason's urban legend spread really fucking fast. Because you don't get the feeling that Tommy is a local kid either. Like, I can't recall, because again, I didn't have a chance to watch the movie this week yet. But you kind of get the feeling like Tommy and his sister are like kind of staying at that cabin on the lake, like on holidays or something like that. It's not like they grew up and lived there. Yeah, it's a bit coincidental, man. And Although I gotta say, it does seem that you know there are hidden people who've lived on Crystal Lake for years as this series progresses. Yeah, <laughs> dude. It's like there's a hidden community of um, people that live in Camp Crystal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like you know, well, hey, where were you like four movies ago? Like, mm. were you out of town? Had you not? I don't know, were you on holidays? Was is you know, Crystal Lake your summer house? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's got a fucking summer house at Camp Blood. Like, what's going on? You have to wonder, dude. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's the joy of these movies, man. It's yeah. like, you know, there are silly little inconsistencies like that that just, you know, don't make any sense. But at the end of the day, you just don't give a fuck. Well, that's it. Fun. Yeah, and that's it. And and that's my thing, man. Like, that's my only nerdy related query that I had was the coincidence of this knowledge of Jason just might blows my mind a little bit, yeah, but, yeah. but at the end of the day, you, you bang on right, Jake. It's, it's like this movie is just intended to be enjoyed for what it is. Sex, mm. drugs, and fucking gratuitous death. Well, I mean, that's the thing, man. It's like, you know, I mean, when we get to number seven, which, you know, was the first Friday I ever saw and, and one of my absolute favorites for that reason, you know, there's a whole opening sequence that involves like, um, you know, a, a dad and a little girl with telekinetic powers on Crystal Lake that like she destroyed a dock and sunk him. And it's just like, when did this happen? I've watched yeah. all of these movies and I don't remember this at all. Well, I mean, for a franchise that takes <laughs> Jason to fucking outer space. Yeah, I, I feel like there's no limitations where this movie goes, man. It's just... yeah, well, that's that's the thing, and I mean, you know, I feel like anyone who's sort of, you know, with with, it's one of those things I think with like '80s movies where I think people who watch them now go, oh, but you know, this and, and that, and this isn't this is inconsistent, and yeah, it never happened, we never saw that, and they're just. Eh. It's, it's like one of those things where it's like, look, man, it's the eighties. They were literally yeah. making shit up on the fly. They yeah. were just like, "Fuck it, man, we're doing another one." Okay, make something up. Well, that's it. I mean, that, that, that's <laughs> it. But, you know, if you want to get fucking brutally nerdy like that, then fucking, you know, only got to read a bunch of the fucking comic books that you fucking nerd whining nerds out there fucking obviously don't pay close attention to because. A lot of the plots in that plot holes in that doesn't make sense either, but it's the same ideology. You enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, then. Yeah. You know, what do you, what more do you need to know? Jason is a fucking uh, death thirsty fucking vessel of destruction that just wants to kill, kill, kill. Um, and he's on pause as any time fucking someone reminds him of his mum. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's all we need to know. I think that's the thing, man. I think um, you know people have sort of gotten a bit too used to stuff like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, you know they're like, oh, but everything's planned out and everything's connected. It's like it wasn't like that in the eighties. Like, no, you know, you only got a sequel if the movie made money, Mm -hmm. Um, or if they thought they could, you know. Oh, we're going to do fucking Wishmaster 3. We're not bringing back any of the original cast. We'll release it to video. No one will notice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
it was just that's it. It was just yeah. it was all like you know if it's successful we'll do another one. If that's successful we'll do another one. Yeah, and it's only been you know once these movies have reached a bit of a cult status that you know it, when they've gotten to the point where fans have grown up and have started you know entered the entertainment industry and started working on them that they've tried to sort of make things a bit more cohesive. So exactly, you know, if you're watching shit from the eighties, you just kind of got to kick back. Pop a beer, have a mm-hmm. and enjoy it for what the fuck it is. Speaking Which of, is, you, how high do you rate this on the beer and pizza strategy? Oh, yeah, this is this this is seriously. I look number four is so good. I think it's a um, it's it's a, it's a carton and it's like it's mm. a carton and it's a bigfoot pizza. Oh yes, oh, dude, it's this this one's a bigfoot. Oh yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it's a big slab of goodness. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got to give props to. I don't know if you followed Dinosaur Dracula on Instagram. No, but I should. Oh, dude, you should because he he posts a lot of. He's on Facebook as well. Mm. Uh, he's he's like our our, our buddy back to the eighties. Uh, he posts, but he posts a lot of ads. Like Sick. TV ads. Um, I'm seeing a lot of ads lately, and it's fucking yeah. put making me very happy. Cereal and shit like that. Yeah, cool. very much worth the follow. Man, I gotta say, dude, I, I would love to see. I think it would sell huge. A fucking Jason breakfast cereal. Oh shit! Yeah, like red. You know, have different color ones, like white hockey mask. Fucking for marshmallow, red, red raspberry, <laughs> yeah, um, and fucking boobs and shit. Just fucking bring it on, dude. I yeah, I reckon yeah. someone out there needs to make that cereal, and I promise you, it will make a fucking bucket. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, dude. Yeah, out of fucking doubt. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on number four, dude? No, no, no. I just think like you know, I think it's one of those movies where I mean, I think the good thing is like if you haven't watched. Friday the thirteenth, and you're following us doing these these uh, little uh, recaps of the series, and you like the sound of one more than the other. Mm. The good thing about this series is, I think you can jump in pretty much anywhere and just work yeah. your way back or forward if you so desire. Absolutely, and I think the number four is probably a pretty fucking good entry point. Like, yeah, I think so. I think it was one of those things where it's like, I honestly, there's there's a couple of movies in this series where it's like, if someone hadn't seen any Friday the 13th and were curious about like, you know, what's the big deal? I think number four is one of those ones where you could just hand it to them and go, okay, watch this. If you yeah. like it, you'll love the rest. If you hate it, you're not going to enjoy any of them. I agree. It's just, it's such a good entry point and just such a everything great about Friday the 13th is in this movie. It, it really does. It, it expands on that whole thing that we talk about, that simple formula of sex, drugs, and, and death. Um, you know, with Tom Savini's fucking magic behind the wheel of the special effects, the, the fucking, the nudity in this is fucking taken to the nth degree. And um, and give it up for Teddy, our fucking token druggie. Oh yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. But yeah, and, oh sorry. <laughs> but um, but also you know, uh, fucking Tommy as a you know as the hero of the film, it's fucking glorious. Yeah, man, he's great. He's great. And like like we said, you know, he's just he's he's the audience member. Like if he you're is. a geek, he's he's the kid that you relate to. He's the kid that's like. That's me. Like he's very much a, like you know a character that's there for the audience and the the geeks, the horror geeks who yep. love these fucking movies to see themselves in. I, and I love that shit. I think that's yeah. Right. I got to say, man, uh, I just love the coincidence that you know he's got a hot sister and a bit of a milf for a mum as well. <laughs> right. I don't know. Just a little observation I made there that I thought, ah, oh, man. Any kid watching this back then would have gone, ooh. And I also love that little scene where he's like spying on the couple about their their fuck on next door. It's like that is so every 80s kid, man. Yeah, dude, totally. Whoa, like hot chick next door is about to get it on with what? And like, the reaction, like fucking yeah. head banging the head banging on the pillow. Yeah, man. Like it was so like, and I mean that's the thing. It's not. It's not like 
it's not one of those, oh my god, pervert thing. It's just like, no, that's what it was like. It was, yeah, dude. You know, a preteen kid or something. Yeah. It was like, oh my god, free peep show. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly, dude. Like, you know. So, yeah, yeah, that was fucking cool. That was so yeah, my final thoughts for this film is is um, pretty much exactly everything you've said. Um, the again, the great question mark of why this is called the final chapter and why continue. I can't. I think we kind of answered that question with you know the success at the box office of this film and the video success as well. Um, yeah, I, I think that kind of really just. Gives it that. But I think also at the time before they made this film, the the concept behind calling it the final chapter from the studio's perspective was that um, it was really, they felt like the slasher film had been done to death and this was kind of like their way of saying, this is the nail in the coffin, you know? That was the intention. I think also, uh, before we go, I mm. just, it just occurred to me then, is that, like, this was 1984 and, yeah. you know, what else came out in 1984? Exactly. And, you know, kick-started the fucking slasher franchise craze all mm. over again. Mm. Nightmare on Elm Street, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And, you know, that made serious fucking banks. So mm. everyone was just like, oh, hey, you know, uh, we were going to end this, but these things are really fucking hot. Let's make some more because dollar dollar bills, y'all. Well, yeah, I like that nice pun. But um, I, I think also an interesting point to, to add to what you said there is that when Nightmare on Elm Street comes out in 84, it just the it's kind of like a fresh coat of paint and it gives us yeah. a fresh ideal on the slasher genre. And then it's kind of like you just see interesting parallels between that and Jason um, and the Friday the 13th series where Friday the 13th starts to get a little more creative, you know, introducing our telekinetic um, girl in number seven, Jason going to space, you know, all kinds of. Well, and I feel yeah. like they really like, I mean, you know, Jason was always a little bit, supernatural in these movies yeah. I mean, you know, given the fucking you know axe wounds head and shit that he came back from but mm-hmm. i feel like after nightmare came out like and you know as we see going into like you know friday six and stuff like that mm. they really lean into the fact that now jason's a fucking undead hulk you know? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly dude yeah, exactly they don't, sort of, they don't sort of try and walk that michael myers line of oh is he or isn't he it's just like nah they just double down it's like nope he is supernatural as fuck he's a big ass mean fucking zombie that won't die <laughs> were you were you happy with jason's death in number four uh i thought it was pretty cool uh and pretty gruesome and mm. like you know seeing um i mean how old's tommy meant to be in this like eight, 12, eight, like 12. yeah, yeah. seeing him like do the whole like shaved fucking head thing and you know mimicking like young jason and you know then going ape shit on him with the machete was pretty fucking hardcore it's just like Whoa, well, yeah, I think I think that's probably one of the best fucking death sequences for Jason in the yeah. series. Yeah, and that whole head sliding down the machete after, yeah. the, like that Tom Savini did, but that was just like, wow. Yeah, that was master. That was, yeah. as you say, chef's kiss. Yeah, dude, it was just like, I mean, you know, if this was. You kind of look at it as like if this really was the last movie that they did for Jason, it was a pretty fucking cool way to go out. Like, right down to fucking Tommy's death stare into the camera, man. I yeah, thought it fucking yeah, that was a poetic end. Mm. You could have ended the series right there, and we would have had a fucking you know a mem- the memory of four great films. Yeah, yeah, no problems. Thanks yeah, for coming. Yeah, yeah, man. Like it would have. It was like. Yeah, if you, you can, I think you can tell that, you know, everyone working on this and going into it was like, all right, this is, you know, kind of going to be Jason's last blast. Yeah, so let's bring let's it home. Get really fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, which they did, like, without yeah. doubt. I mean, that's the thing. Like, we've talked about the great cast of teens in this film. Fucking, yeah, 10 out of 10 for that one. That was great. Teddy and Crispin Glover, between the two of those guys and the dance moves. And the stoner fucking giggles, fucking 20 out of 10, you know? 
Yeah. Um, and and of course, Tommy. It, like, I mean, there's just so much to love about this film that makes it. If it was to be the final film, it's fucking perfect. Oh man, was this one the one with the shower death? Yes. With the, uh, with Terry, the I think it is. Yeah, Terry and the dude in the shower, and she's like, yeah, oh, yeah. and then just like dies horribly. Again, yeah, that's like great, great, memorable characters that you really, really liked that just die horribly. <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. I mean, the the that's the thing, man. Again, the magic of Tom Savini yeah, is dude. just so well, beautifully fucking portrayed in this film. Well, I really feel like the kills in this movie really packed a punch for a couple of reasons because it's like, and, um, you know, this will be my final thought. Mm. It's a couple of reasons. I think the kill scenes really pack a punch because it's like, number one, you really do care about the characters. Yes. Um, and they're really likable. Like, they're likable kids um, that you really kind of, I, I guess, like, even now, like, as a 40-something dude, it's like, you know, yeah, man, I remember being a teenager was like that. Like, you know, oh, they were acting like, you know, I did or whatever, whatever. But, so you give a fuck about them. Um, and then the kills are, like, so brutally designed by Tom Savini that it's like, oh, dude, like, Jason, man, chill. Like, those kids didn't deserve that. Like, fuck. Um so, yeah, it, they really stick with you and, and pack a bit of a punch, I think. Um, more so than, like, you know, some of the other... Like, you know, some of the other ones in, like, you know, parts two and, and part uh, three have been brutal. But, mm. you know, when you really, really care... I mean, that's the smart and really cool thing about this movie is, like, when you really care about, you know, the characters, when they end up... Like, you know they're going to die, but when they do, it's just like... Oh, bummer. Kind of yeah. Um, you know, unlike the reboot where it's just like, oh my God, just fucking kill them. Kill them. <laughs> <laughs> that douchebag that owns the house, kill him twice. Cause he yeah. Sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's, um, I might, yeah. But I'm, I'm adding to my final thought. I would say, uh, if this is your, you know, if you're new to the show and you're going, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Um, and what's this Friday Thirteenth shit? Um, clearly you're a Morrissey fan, but um, I would say, <laughs> How dude, did you find us? yeah, exactly. Uh, thanks, <laughs> I guess. But um, I would say, dude, like Friday Thirteenth, the final chapter is a perfect start to your Friday Thirteenth watching experience. As we've as we've explained, you don't really need to, need to watch these in chronicle uh, chronological order. Um. It kind of helps, but it, it's not imperative. Um, but for nostalgia purposes, please watch number one. But yeah. number four is a fantastic way to start your Friday the 13th experience. Absolutely, man. Like, yeah. And, and yeah, Jesse, Jesse's absolutely right. Like, you don't need to, like, you don't need to, like, you know, you're not going to miss any of the plot. No. <laughs> We've explained the plot in, in pretty much graphic detail. Very simple. <laughs> You're not gonna like jump into Friday the Thirteenth and go, wait, what the fuck? Who's Thanos? What's an Infinity Stone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't Captain America and Iron Man like each other? You just, yeah, you don't need to worry about any of that shit. It's just you can dive in anywhere in this series and pick it up as you go along. And I think the great and genius thing about these movies is, and I've said this before many times, is that they are designed for you to watch them without having really seen any of them. There's enough information to give you the basic idea. Uh, and usually by the time you get to the end, you're like, that was really fun. I want to mm. check out more. Um, mm. I think it's great because it's like, you know, no matter where you jump in, by the time you're finished, you want to go back and have a look at the rest of the series or go forward and check out what happens afterwards. So yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Cool, man. Well, fucking, that's another one in the bag. It is. And we're uh, back with Radness. And, oh, yes. Uh, man, we've got a lot to talk about on Rad with all the uh, we do. announcements this week. There's, um, yeah, it, it's strap in for a big one. Grab the popcorn. It's going to be a big one. Yep. Um, yeah, we're, we're talking about a lot of cool shit this week on Rad, but um, come back next week for sure. And uh, we'll talk about the curious 
case of Friday the 13th yeah. Part 5, which we get Tommy making a comeback. Yeah, I'm... Um, yeah. I think it's meant to be about five or six years later, but Tommy looks like he's about 36. Yeah, um, it's a weird one, but look... It's fun, but it's strange. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> Yeah, look, we'll we'll get into it, the weirdness and the whys and all that shit. And um, do yourselves a favor, check out number five and join in on the chat, man. It's um, we want to get your thoughts on it. Um, we'd love to get your thoughts on this one as well. Uh, as always, we encourage you to comment as on top of liking and subscribing to our channel because um, it's the rad thing to do. It is. And um, yeah, fucking. I think we've established that uh, Jason is unkillable. Uh, Tom Savini is God. And um, Crispin Glover has the greatest dance moves of all time. Oh, God, does he fuck a what? I swear. He's like, he's like fucking, uh, he's like, it's like he's on ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, 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 if you like, if you've ever seen, you know, uh, some crazy soul on ice, just, you know, doing the weird thing that they do with their movements. It's like Crispin Glover was a trendsetter with that. I think he was like Nostradamus, man. He predicted it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't know. There was some dude in a cartel lab somewhere. Yeah. Ice that maybe was watching Friday the 13th. And go, eh. <laughs> I, I, I see a future where people will dance like this when they have this much ice. Yeah. 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 It's like Make them dance like this fucker. <laughs> Crispin, Crispin Glovin. Yes. Yes. It's, it's magic and you must experience it yeah. for yourself. Absolutely. On that note, folks, have yourselves a freaky Friday. Thanks for tuning yeah. in. You Thank fucking you. rule. It's fucking weather. Cause, yeah, dude, Fuck Bruce this weather to hell, man. Brisbane is more humid than oh. safe. Ballsack. More humid than humid, as Rob Zombie yeah. would say. <laughs> Fucking hell. So you're there and I like it. Thank you. All right. See you tomorrow morning for Rad, you fuckers. Yeah. Peace. Peace.